friends and colleagues. Um, thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, this is uh, Karen Tate, and you're listening to uh, Voices of the Sacred Feminine Radio. And um, that was uh, Time to Awaken uh, with uh, Alea Deo. And uh, I do certainly think uh, we are living in a time when uh, we all must awaken on so many different levels, uh, so many things that um, we grew up thinking or believing, uh, we find out maybe it wasn't really true or it no longer serves us. Uh, so we are definitely in a time of um, uh, transition, awakening, transparency, uh, all of that. And although it can be difficult sometimes, I, uh, I think it does serve to help us evolve and grow and uh, to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And uh, speaking of uh, transition and evolving, uh, I am doing some of that myself. Um, I want to invite you to go to my Karen Tate Facebook page, and uh, you may find some of it as well on the Voices of the Sacred Feminine page. Um, Some of you who uh, know that I've had the Isis Temple of Thanksgiving Uh, for more than 30 years in Venice, California. Uh, Well, I find that I am going to have to downsize, and uh, if you want to get a little piece of herstory for yourself, uh, take a look at some of the items from the temple that uh, are for sale there. Uh, I am uh, using um, the funds that I can generate from the sale uh, to help pay uh, for a move that I will be doing pretty soon. So uh, I invite you to go take a look, and if you see anything there you're interested in, uh, please do um, uh, email me if you have my email address or uh, send me a private message on Facebook and um, we will talk about it. Uh, I have actually sold a number of things and people have been uh, very generous uh, with their offers and uh, I am very grateful to them. So enough about that. I just uh, wanted to make sure you knew about it, and um, so you could, you know, maybe take advantage of uh, some of these one-of-a-kind classic items that uh, uh, you oftentimes can't find anymore. And it becomes a win-win situation for both of us. Um, so, uh, turning attention to tonight's show, uh, it is uh, very unique. Uh, it is uh, The Art of Sigils uh, with Gina Leslie. Now, I have to tell you that Gina introduced me to uh, the magic of sigils. Uh, even though I'd been in the goddess community for, you know, over 30 years, um, sigils were not a thing that I uh, was acquainted with in the least until uh, Gina made a sigil for me that actually turned out to be uh, very magical and, uh, and I believe helped me uh, manifest some things that uh, the sigil represented. And, you know, we're going to talk more about that because um, sigils are magical and transformative. And um, Gina is going to share the process of connecting with shapes, colors, and images as well to how to use these sigils to manifest your desires. So whether you're a beginner like me uh, or uh, you've worked with sigils before, uh, you will want to hear what Gina has to say. Uh, But first, let me tell you a little bit about Gina. 
she is uh, a past president of Pagan Pride LA in Orange County, and uh, she has spent the last 18 years immersed in the Pagan community. She considers herself an intuitive witch, drawing on both her Celtic heritage and her ability to see the synergistic connections between different paths. Uh, the Art of Sigils is actually a book that she has just published, and she has plans to publish another book soon to show how to manifest through paper folding. So, Gina, welcome to the show. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me on. Well, um, you know, I find sigils fascinating. Uh, to begin with, um, you know, uh, every, everyone that I've seen uh, that you've made and all the, the wonderful variations in your book, um, when you first look at them, I think uh, you think they're a work of art. But then later you find out that um, there is more to it than that. You know, they're actually... Um, a tool to help you manifest. So why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about um, um, how you came to work with sigils and you know, maybe a bit more about what sigils actually are and what you can achieve using sigils. Well, I learned about sigil making several years ago, and of all of the... Um, the processes that I've learned in the, in the magical community, that's been the most immediate and the most effective for me personally. Um, sigils have been around for a long time. They're in, just in a nutshell without going into a, hist- a long history of sigils. They're signs or symbols that people use to manifest their desire. Um, A long time ago, sigils were also used um, by kings and and important people. They would um, put them on rings and stamp them in wax to seal their communication. So um, I've I've been using sigils to, you know, get the things that I need in life. And recently they started kind of um, blending into my creative life. And I realized that I could take them beyond just a utilitarian design to get what I need and make them into an artwork or or help tap into a creative vein and, and get inspired to do something else. Okay. Well, I I think, um, and now, and now re, you know, take into account here, I'm a, a beginner, and I don't know anything at all about um, making sigils, uh, although you teach classes, I believe, um, to, to make sigils, right? Yes. Um, how how does one determine the shapes and the colors? Um, is that just totally an intuitive process? I mean, um, how how does the sigil come to be? Um, the the way I work, it's it's loosely based on Austin Osman Spare's um, idea of. Uh, you write out a phrase. Personally, I take three words that signify what I want to manifest, and I write those words down. Then I cross out all the repeating letters. Then I take the letters that are still remaining and start just playing around with 
putting them next to each other, putting them inside each other, putting them across each other, and just playing around with those shapes until something starts emerging. Interesting. And then um, and, and then you add the color. I add the color, and I'll, um, sometimes I'll add numbers if I think a number is significant. Um, occasionally I've pulled in astrological signs. Um, it's something that lends itself to whatever um, path that you work with personally that you can bring it in as in numerology or astrology or or um, even runes, you can, it, okay. you, can all, you can blend them all together. Okay. And so what if you're someone who doesn't really have much artistic ability, you know, like you've maybe never taken an art never taken an art class or, you know, maybe you're maybe you're a writer, you know, you're not someone who can draw. Can a sigil still be something um, you know, would you encourage that person to try still making sigils? Oh, absolutely. Sigils in in terms of um using them to manifest what you want. Um, they don't have to be pretty. They don't have to be artistic. And a, a lot of the times, Karen, people get um, they get confused with thinking that creative means artistic. Artistic people are creative, but not all creative people are artists. Cre- hmm, and creativity point. creativity comes in a lot of different um, forms. Um, people who who you know cook and and create their own recipes or take a recipe and then make it their own that's being creative you know somebody who builds a car from scratch that's being creative so a lot right. of, I'd like to get people um away from the idea that creative means you have to be an artist. Okay. Well, I'm glad I asked you that because I think probably I would feel a little bit intimidated um, by your beautiful, um, you know, the images that you have in your book, for instance, because I can't imagine that I'd be able to come close to creating those. But um, so this is a very personal thing. You know, um, I'll just throw this out there, and this might be really kind of crazy or dumb, but you know what this is making me think about a little bit? You know how sometimes psychics do automatic writing? And, you know, and, and often the writing, you know, it's gibberish or you might not even be able to understand the words. In a way, when you're doing this sigil, do you think this is, I, I mean, it sounds like you start consciously, like the way you said you figured out which letters or numbers might be part of the sigil. But do you think um, you're also maybe getting a download that, helps you make the shape or helps you put energy into the sigil? Yes, absolutely. Um, And I have, um, I've put sigil challenges out to other people. And one of the, um, the woman, woman, a a woman that responded to my sigil challenge when I put it out online and, and said that I'd pick three of them and put them in the book. She she made a recipe for nettle cookies because of the sigil, because she saw she saw the words for nettle 
in the sigil that I posted as the inspiration piece. And she's someone who bakes and cooks and, and does wild crafting. So she made a recipe of a cookie recipe with metals in it inspired by what she saw in the sigil. Wow. Wow. So so really, um, I mean, that just goes to show you how unique an individual and um, how varied uh, these sigils can be and the effect they could potentially have um, yes. on, on someone. Yeah. So, um, all right. So say, for instance, um, you know, let's just say, um, you, I mean, we all need prosperity. We all need health. Um, can you um, maybe, you know, give us an example of how one would start if they wanted to do a, um, you know, a sigil for uh, health, prosperity, and, um, I don't know, justice, let's just say. Um, how, you know, what would be the first things they'd do? And, and I mean, That's, I guess what I'm asking you is, let me be more specific. Do you have to sort of, um, you know, like when we do a ritual and we tend to create sacred space, you know, we, you know, maybe we uh, set up a magical circle or, and I mean, do we have to go through all of those steps or the, is, is that all necessary? Um, I personally don't like set up a sacred space. Um, I have from time to time done that when I felt it was necessary, but a lot of times it's just I'm sitting at my desk and, and I need to manifest something or, or the inspiration strikes me, and I, and I just sit there and draw. Um, doing it in a ritualized setting can be useful if that's how an individual likes to work, but I don't think it's necessary. But also okay. one of the things, I think going along with, with what you're talking about, one of the things is that by trying to n- narrow it down to three words, which is, which is how I work, I'm, I'm not saying everybody has to work this way, um, by narrowing it down to three words, one, you have to identify what it truly is that you want, and two, you have to distill it down into the three words or even a short little sentence because sometimes we we have this want or we have this need but we can't identify it we don't know what it is that we want so i think part of this process is about identifying that need or that want um in order to to write down the words and then start the process okay so, um, so for the uh, for someone just getting started, um, what do you recommend? You know, how do how do they begin? Uh, well, well, obviously they need to make that first step. They have to, you know, really kind of like with a laser beam, you know, pare it down to what they really want, and um, that would probably be the first step, right? And, right. Um, right. So where would where would one go from there? And then you um, you can take any kind of material you want to write with. It doesn't have to be some special magical material, but it can be if you want to. Um, then you would write down your three words. Um, you had um, health, prosperity, and justice was the one that you suggested. 
Yeah. So, so I would I would write down those words. Then you cross off all the repeating letters, and then you take the the remaining letters and um, just start putting them next to each other and 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 just haphazardly. The 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 process of getting started um, of of putting something on that blank paper is is kind of the catalyst for it. Um, a lot of times we, we want to write something or we want to do something, but we don't know where to start. So so getting in there and playing with these letters and these shapes is kind of like getting your um, your rational mind something to do while you're while your the other part of your brain can be open to receiving the information, like a download. Okay. Okay. Kind of and getting, getting then, out of your head so that you can you can hear whatever it is that your your guides or or the universe needs to impart to you. Okay. So then. Um, so is that the intention? I mean, in a way, is the sigil to distract your conscious, rational mind so it frees up your unconscious? Or is that just maybe I, part of the process? I think that's part of the process. I know that's part of the process for me. Okay. Um, so now what what do you do, though? Say, for instance, you, you know, follow the steps that, that you just mentioned, and it doesn't seem, um, you know, to be working. What do you do then? Um, when it gets to a point where I feel like I've, I've done um, everything I can do with it, that I've, I've made it into the shape or form that it, it wants to be or needs to be. Um, and if I'm using it for magical working, what I'll do is usually with my work, I'll, I'll scan it and put it in, you know, save a copy in my computer so that later on I can take it and turn it into art. Um, but then I take that, the original, and I will, um, I will imagine having what it is that I'm manifesting for as if it, I'm seeing it as if it's already accomplished. So um, in, in your example of um, health, prosperity, and justice, I would be envisioning what that feels like, envisioning what that looks like, how my life is now that that is already happening. And when I get a clear picture of that, I breathe it into um, the, the physical sigil that I've written three times. And then I take it and I tear it up and burn it. Okay. That's how I activate the sigil. Okay. Oh, so that is, so that's an important step, um, um, that the, the sigil actually be um, uh, burned before you achieve the manifestation, or did I misunderstand that? That's that's how that's how I work, um, but I also believe that just the act of of your focused intention to create the sigil, you're by doing that you're already manifesting. To me, the the burning is more symbolic, and um, okay. it kind of gives me a 
a, a stopping point where I can say, okay, this is, I've done what I need to do, and then the universe can can take care of the rest. Yeah, you're like you're releasing it then, um, right? So, so let me ask you: you you work a lot with um, you. You obviously start with letters. Um, is that typical? I mean, is that the way to do it, or do some uh, sigil makers use symbols other than letters? Yes, some there's there's a myriad of ways that sigils can be made. Um, if if you Google online, there's a lot of books about specifically how um, sigils can be made. Um, and everybody has their own way of doing it. This, this is what I find works for me. Okay. But, yeah, you um, can, you well, can it, do it. Yeah, you could do it with, um, if, you, if you have, if you find shapes and you could cut, things out of a magazine and, and make a collage and it would still be a representation of what you want to manifest. Hmm. Okay. It, it, well, in that sense, it would almost be a vision board, but, um, but I think the sigil in a way is too. It's just the images, the images, uh, the image isn't so literal as the vision board with pictures. Right. Right. And, and I feel that um, the the focused intention is what creates it because you've you've decided what you want or what you need, and you're focusing your intention on creating this. And I personally, I think that's where the the real magic happens because and, and then you you know you release it out into the universe to let the universe handle it. So now let me ask you, have you ever made a sigil or had a student that made a sigil and they went through all the steps and, you know, they just felt disconnected from it or it just wasn't working? I mean, how long would you wait to see if um, something manifested before you might, I don't know, try another, try to do another one or something? Well, I... I made a sigil back in 2014 to um, get me to Ireland because I wanted to go to Ireland. In the worst way, I wanted to go to Ireland. So the first time I made a sigil was in 2014. Um, I made another one in 2017. Um, So I waited, what, three years before I did it again, and I went to Ireland this year. It, you know, okay. circumstances came about so that I actually made that trip this year. So, so now do you keep the, you know, keep the, the sigil on your altar? And, um, I mean, do you, like, keep feeding it energy? Or once you release it, um, you, you kind of let it go and see, if you know, what might manifest? Um, from, I I kind of do both. Some of them, um, I I burn them. Like I said, I have a couple that are on a on an altar right now. Um, that some intentions I put out earlier this year, and um, I don't think I burn those. I think I just laid them on my altar. So I'm I'm you know letting those cook, basically. <laughs> See what happens. I like that you're letting. You're letting those cook. So what is yeah. it about this particular type of work that resonates with you? 
I mean, um, it, is this your your primary, um, uh, per, you know, your 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 preferred or uh, um, method of, of manifestation? Yes, because I've seen the results. Um, I've manifested for money and um, for you know for some unknown or unexpected reason, money comes in from a place where I hadn't expected. Um, something that I've got on consignment cells or um, I get a check from from the books that have sold that I didn't know about, um, you know, things like that. I've, I've had I've had concrete results from from the manifest from the the manifestations that I've done with these sigils. Not all of them work, but enough of them work that I'm convinced that that it's a valid use. Okay, and 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 is there ever a deity attached to the work, or is it separate and apart from maybe your devotion to a particular deity? Um, it's separate from that. I don't feel called to um, work with with my deity on that. That just seems to be a separate kind of a thing. Okay. Now, what, now you mentioned a utilitarian sigil and an embellished sigil, I believe. What, um, can you explain to me what the difference is? Um, the utilitarian symbol would be just the, the, the sigil that you drew on the piece of paper with your pencil. Well, I didn't pencil. Um, and that's what you use to, to do the magic. Like if you're, you know, you're going to burn it or leave it on the altar or whatever. Um, I take it a step further. I will um, usually scan it and take it into an art program, and that's where I start making it look more like art. Um, I'll, I'll add colors and I'll add shapes and I'll add dimension and shadows and things like that. So let me ask you, since the embellished one is obviously getting more focus and more energy, um, is it safe to say that the embellished ones are more powerful than the utilitarian ones? I'm not sure yet. Um, the the ones that the, I did a couple of a couple of images from my book were accepted in a um, in a recent gallery show, and I did a um, I did an actual I took a canvas and had it printed on the canvas, and then I. I took metal and paper cutouts and string and 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 keys and and I made a whole collage of it, and I had that at the gallery show and that was um, clarity, luck, and reward. I think was that particular sigil, and since then I've seen other gallery shows that look like my my style of photography would be uh, or my style of artwork would be good to enter into those gallery shows so that might be there might be a correlation there i'm not sure okay okay um so um I'm wondering. I mean, you, you've given a, a you know a couple uh, examples, um, but I, I wonder: are there any other success stories uh, you might want to share? Um, you know, either you know 
uh, ones for yourself or maybe some of your students from your classes that um, uh, you know you you know might want to share with the audience. Well, the the, the one I made for you, um, mm-hmm. I got booked to do a couple of things before you even knew that I had made it for you and gave it to you. Because I had <laughs> I had it for a month before I gave it to you before I remembered to actually give it to you. And so it was cooking getting, all that time. <laughs> yeah, you ended up getting booked on a couple of of things that were you know were good for you. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And, oh, and and I have I have another friend who um, I um, he took I think he took my sigil making class, and then he manifested. He's a big Star Wars fan, and he wanted some uh, Star Wars music that was out of print. And so he manifested to find that Star Wars music, and um, about three weeks after he did his vigil, he found it in a um, like an older music store. He found that music wow. that was out of print. Yeah, he was very excited. Well, I tell you, you know, you are uh, reminding me that I should probably uh, do my very first sigil for this life transition I find myself in. I, I feel encouraged uh, to, uh, you know, to do that for myself. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to let you know how that works out. But listen, Wait, we, have a, uh, we, have a, we have a caller. Um, so let's see if they're just listening or maybe they have a question for you. Um, do okay. you mind taking a question if they do? No, sure. Go ahead. Oh, okay, let's see. Having a hard time connecting in. Just a second. Let me try one more time. Here we go. Hi, caller uh, from the 831 area code. Did you have a question about sigils for Gina? Hello, caller. Did you have a question for Gina? No. If you didn't, no? Okay. All right, that's all right. Well, listen, thank you for listening. I'll go ahead and and mute you so you can continue to hear our conversation, okay? So, Karen, one of the the other things, um, one of the reasons I wrote the book um, was because when I was talking to people about this book that I was writing, they would say, I'm just so not creative. And it really surprises me because people I know are very, are, are really are very creative in their own, um, in their own areas, but they get it confused with artistic. And so part yeah. of the, the thing about the book is trying to get people to understand that we're, we're all born creative. I mean, just look at little kids when they're playing a, a stick becomes a wand or or a baseball bat, or you know anything, and boxes become drums and and castles and and all of that stuff. So we are we are creative people by nature. We're born with it, and it gets ground out of us, you know, by people yeah. who think that creativity is frivolous. And I'm trying to give people the um, the permission and the excitement to to tap back into their creativity and I'm and I see this as a as a springboard as a starting point to help them right. get back in touch with their creativity. 
Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that's so true because, you know, um, I, I, I can't recall offhand right now if you've ever seen our home temple. And, you know, we created on one of the walls, um, uh, it, you know, an image of an Egyptian pyramid. And we did yes. it using yeah, a stick. <laughs> And, and, you know, and I didn't think this was creative because we basically created this by drawing straight lines with a stick and then painted it. And, you know, it didn't feel like I could um, label this artistic because you're right. You know, we get these ideas in our head that it has to be a work of art, you know, something that can be in a museum or in a gallery or something like that. Uh, for right. it to be, quote, artistic, when, in fact, you know, we probably do so many things, um, you know, that are creative and artistic, and we just don't give ourselves the proper credit. Right, and and we don't realize it because we, a lot of people are, are so focused on on pairing up creativity with artistic. And you know, mm-hmm. once you separate it from that, you go, oh yeah, okay, I can I can see what you're saying there. So yeah, I'm gonna okay. give people the, the the encouragement and and freedom to tap into their 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 own personal creativity. So let me ask you, you know, I realize as, you know, I, I'm serious, I'm going to do this, do a sigil for myself, and I realize I have a couple questions um, as a potential sigil maker. What do you do if you can't narrow it down to three words? I mean, would you maybe have two sigils going, and then maybe you, you know, can get six words happening? Or do you think that's diluting your focus too much? No, I I use three words just because for me that works. Um, you can write a, a whole sentence. You just don't want to like write a paragraph. Um, try and try and distill it into a sentence or two, or or pick keywords out of that. You know, maybe write a couple of sentences and pick the keywords out of it that stand out to you. Um, it's, okay. it's not a hard and fast rule that that three words that, that you can only use three words. That's just how I work. So the point is, you know, you you just have to dis, you know f- distill it into the most important things that you want, and then sort of just go for it. Yes, because a lot of times we we think we want one thing, like take money for instance, like people. People are gonna. You ask them what they want to manifest for, and they go, "I want to ma- manifest for more money." Well, no, you really don't. What you want is the things that the money can get you. And it's not always about. And getting things is not always about having the money to pay for them. Sometimes getting things is being in the right place at the right time, or having the right opportunity, um, being aware of. The opportunities that are out there. So okay. that's that's why I think people need to to distill it down to figure out what it is that they really want because we don't want more money so that you know we can just pile it up in the house or the bank or something. We want the things that money can get for us, like travel or or food or clothes or housing or whatever it is that we want. 
Well, and, and also, too, you're making me think that there's so many different types of prosperity, too. You know, because, you, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe in my sigil I shouldn't say, uh, well, I, I, or I don't know, let me ask you. Um, cons- considering the fact prosperity can mean anything from money to, you know, your f- support of your friends to, um, I don't know, all sorts of things. You know, whatever the boon is, I mean, there there can be so many different um, ways we can be wealthy. Is it better to make the sigil using the word prosperity or is it better to make the sigil using um you know, some uh, the the a word that's more specific. You know, because if we say prosperity, well, maybe that opens the universe to providing things we might not even have thought of. Yeah, the universe gives us not necessarily what we want, but it gives us what we need. You know, pro- prosperity in your case may be. Um, I don't know, it could be a relocation to somewhere, it could be um, more speaking engagements, it could be, it could come in a lot of different forms. And we don't want to limit the universe to to saying, just give me this one thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I think your your answer to me is, go ahead and use the word prosperity, not... Um, you know, not uh, just more say more speaking gigs because um, that way, if I say prosperity, it it opens up to more potential. Yes. Yeah, because you so things could come your way that you hadn't even considered before, and it's it's something that maybe you've thought about for a while and kind of put it aside as as impractical or no, that's you know I could never do that. But then an opportunity comes along and you go, wow, this is right down my alley and this would this would get me the things that I need, you know, this would get me where I want to go, this would get me the the security or the comfort that I need. So yeah, be be okay. open to be open to other you know, other avenues of how to get what you want. Okay. Okay. So um now so let's talk about the book a little bit. Um so the art of sigils is uh, the title of the book, right? Yes. And so where can folks find it if uh they would like to purchase a copy for themselves? Um it's on amazon.com. It's um I believe it's on all of the online booksellers. I've seen it on barnesandnoble.com too. Um, but definitely Amazon. Okay, and um, so you, you know, your bio said that you have maybe another book uh, in the works, um, how to manifest through paper folding. That sounds really interesting. Are you talking like origami, or um, maybe not quite that specific? Um, it's, they're called German paper stars. Um, and they're they're three dimensional ornaments that are that are stars. And originally, I wrote the book in 2004, so this has been a long time. Um, and it was just a book on teaching people how to to do the steps to make the the stars. You do it with with strips, and and you fold them, and it becomes a three dimensional star. And then after I did the art of sigils, I decided to um, turn it into a magical working 
because folding paper and putting intention into it is to me in my mind is the same as um, the same kind of manifesting as drawing a design. Right, right. Well, and you know, and and I don't. Uh, I, I mean, look, there's there's all sorts of ways to do magic. You know, I'm thinking about people who dress candles, for instance. You know, and they put yeah. their energy into that candle and and burns that candle. Uh, but these, you know, uh, you know, this is um, you know a different uh, method to achieve the same goal. And yeah. um, I don't know. I, I just think this is so cool. Um, so are you uh, thinking of, or are you going to be giving any presentations or any classes on uh, either the paper folding or the sigils anytime soon? I'm doing a sigil workshop at Pagan Pride Day on October 14th in Long Beach at the Rainbow Lagoon Park. My workshop is at, I believe it's at noon. It's the last workshop before the main ritual starts. Um, I'm okay. also doing. I'm also doing um, the same workshop at the Antelope Valley Pagan Pride Day, which is on um, October 20th. And I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know uh, where their location is, but that's in Antelope Valley. Okay. So those are all right. Those well, are that's... the two I have booked so far. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like fun. Well, um, so Gina, is there anything about this that maybe I haven't thought to ask you that um, you know you think would be uh, important to share with listeners about the process, or um, you know anything at all about this? Just that people, you know, people really need to give themselves permission to be creative and and explore their own creativity. I think it's. I think it's vitally important in this day and age where um, our time is so monetized and, and we're, we're taught that we have to be like working or producing and, and doing something that's constructive and, you know, in a, in a um, monetary way in, you know, in everything we do in life. And I think people need to just take some time and be creative and, enjoy themselves in, in doing that just for the sake of doing it. it feeds your story. Right, right. Yeah, you know, because we're yeah, we're so geared toward being in the left brain mode. Um, I think this really sort of shifts us more into right right brain. Yeah, there was a there was an article on um on Facebook last last week or the week before about Doing things just for the joy of doing them, not because you're going to sell it or not because, you know, it's bringing you money, but just just do it because it brings you joy, because it brings you satisfaction. Yeah. And I think people need yeah. to do more of that in their lives to, to you know, to be happier. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think to myself, you know, I used to take more time to read for pleasure or, um, you know, I have so many things around the apartment that I had uh, painted and embellished or uh, ceramic items, you know, that I, you know, turned into shelves for goddess statues and things like that. Or I uh, took a jean jacket and, you know, decorated it really cool and, um, you know, there's something that happens to you um, when you 
distort that process, you know. Um, I, I think we live in left brain way too much, and, um, it, you know, it, it stifles us. Um, and, yeah, um, it does. Yeah, it, 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 yeah this, this idea to spend more time in, in the right brain has been devalued, and um, we need to reclaim it. And I think this is a great yeah. way with your sigils. And in the process, you may manifest your desires, <laughs> not exactly. just have fun making the sigil. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, Gina, this has been great. Um, I want to thank you so much for being on the show and um, and for your beautiful book. I, you know, I, I think uh, you know for maybe for folks out there that. Uh, uh, you know, want to manifest something, but uh, maybe they were bored with the way they had been doing things. I think you, you know, give them a whole new idea on uh, a new method to um, direct their focus and, um, you know, help them um, achieve their desires. Yeah, and I and I hope it inspires them to do creative things in in whatever way that they're creative. So that's my hope, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's important, too. So uh, in case anyone wants to, uh, you know, well, you've said, uh, you know, where they can get the book, uh, but if, if anyone wanted to reach you, is there a website or a Facebook page that um, they would go look for you? Yeah, my Facebook page is Gina Leslie Author, and my email is Gina L. Author at gmail.com. Okie doke. Well, listen, thank you so much, and I will let you know how my sigil making goes. <laughs> Great. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you came on. I enjoyed it, too. Thank you, Gina. Have a great weekend. You, too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, uh, before we call it a night, um, you guys need to hear what Joe Carson has to say. Hello, let me say a few things about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of Earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. Here is what Drusilla Pettibone said on Dearmist.com. I was truly touched and even awed by the film. I don't think I can comment on it adequately until I've had a chance to watch it a couple more times. I really appreciate that there is so much substantive information to digest. For example, the info about hinges and tracing the horizon line is all new to me and totally fascinating. The film was obviously very beautiful and I was amazed how it was able to capture so many of the descriptions visually and seamlessly connect vintage footage with modern. I especially loved when images were dynamically superimposed on each other, like the lace with the water and the dancing in the flowering meadow. A visual feast, and with so many layers. I am also so pleased to have been introduced to Monica Shu and her work. It's so important for pagans to become aware of our heritage. It seems easily lost among so many new books, and the film really brought me home in a new way. Dancing with Gaia is available at dancingwithgaia.com. Bola.
Gaia uh, is only $20, and uh, you can buy the DVD and the 45-page color mini-book that goes with it uh, at the website, dancingwithgaia.com. Not a bad deal, only 20 bucks for the DVD and the booklet. So uh, that about does it uh, for tonight, listeners. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope uh, maybe this weekend you'll go make your sigil and uh, start yourself on the road to uh, manifesting that which you desire. And I desire folks to go to my Facebook page and look at the great stuff from the Isis Temple of Thanksgiving that I have up for sale. Uh, Anything I sell is going to go toward um, helping defray the cost of uh, my move that's coming in the near future here. Uh, I'd also like to invite you to go to my website, karentate.com, and um, if you have enjoyed the show, if you're a new listener or an old listener, if you find that uh, the show has fed you and nourished you or has been a lifeline for you, uh, I would be grateful for your um, monetary support of uh, any amount uh, to help keep uh, Voices of the Sacred Feminine on the air. Uh, Guests do not pay to be on the show. Um, I do it as a service to the community so that we have uh, an alternative reality Uh, so that we can uh, rethink things because I do believe we have to awaken and rethink everything we were taught. And uh, all of the great guests who come on the show um, have their own little thread of this beautiful tapestry of a new world uh, that we are trying to create. And it has been my pleasure uh, to speak to all of these folks and uh, hear their wisdom and um, uh, you know, so that we can move forward into a better world for all of us. So please go to um, KarenTate.com. Uh, once you're there, go to um, the Goddess Store page, and if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, there is a PayPal button there where you can make a donation of any amount. And trust me, it would be most appreciative. And while you're there, check out the book. Uh, the Femme DVDs, uh, the free meditations, and also the Goddess greeting cards and some other things uh, that uh, we have for sale there uh, to help us keep doing uh, the work that uh, we do in the world. Uh, Well, that about does it for me, uh, dear listeners. Uh, I hope um, all is well in your world. And uh, please uh, remember to tune in to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. We are on um, almost every Wednesday, uh, sometimes on special days like today. So you want to make sure you hit the follow button on my show page, and that way you won't miss any of the great guests that, uh, you know, come on Voices of the Sacred Feminine. All right, then, uh, that about does it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, close the show off with uh, a little music from uh, the Reweaving folks. Uh, I just love the chants that they have uh, from their Reweaving Campfire um, songs. They're all geared toward activism. And uh, my favorite is... um, I believe it's called uh, Weave and Spin. Uh, So here it is. Uh, Enjoy.